0: Salwete de Scipoli. Welcome again to another episode of Latin and Laymans with your host Liam Connerly. Um, Hey, this is all getting so much fun now. This is kind of becoming second nature. I'm waking up. I'm trying to, you know, as a summer break, you know, it's hard to, you know, you know, you know, that I need to know to stop saying, you know, and also that in summer break, uh, there's not a lot to do. So I'm trying to fill my time doing a lot of productive things. And this has just been something that I've really uh, uh, enjoyed uh, waking up to. And, you know, it's um, it's a good way for me to practice my speech and uh, to help disseminate Im- the information of Latin and the modernity of it and how... Um, y'all are wrong and that i hope that it's all of this is widening and deepening your understanding of language etymology culture history all that stuff um yeah i'll probably you know tend to go on my tangents as per the usual, but uh as for today on the agenda we've got uh i stem nouns uh in Wheelock's, which correlates with uh Wheelox chapter 14 so um things to note three important things to note really and to remember in this chapter so um and for anybody that has picked up on this i'm trying to give like some really key pointers to remember from the chapter at the very beginning of this episode and then from there i go in depth uh into the grammar so um If you guys ever need a refresher, or if you need to remember some uh, important terms or rules, uh, just refer back to the beginning of uh, each podcast, um, and uh, I'll basically give you, it's almost like a preliminary rundown of what I already, I just go over more in depth. So um, I'm not going to be one of those cheesy guys that's going to put all that kind of stuff at the very end and make you have to listen to the entire thing, because I'm nice, and I hate clickbait, and I hate people exploiting social media for their own purposes and instead of just trying to enrich the world with knowledge. Anyways, number one, there are three types of third declension I stem nouns. okay? So the first is parasyllabic, there we go. The first is parasyllabic, in which the nominative singular ending is I-S or E-S and genitive singular had the same number of syllables. Uh, The second is monosyllabic, in which the nominative singular has only one syllable and two consonants at the end of its base. Um, And the third type of i-stem nouns include neuter nouns, which, with nominative uh, singular forms, that are ending in e, a-l, al, or a-r-r. So that's the first point. It's more than one point, but... I'm going to lump it into one A and one B point uh, for parasyllabic and monosyllabic. For number two, all I-stem nouns have an extra I in the genitives plural, producing an ending I-U-M instead of U-M uh, that you would see in the third declension. Neuters also have an I in the ablative, which would be instead of A, it would be I-A in the nominative and accusative plural. Good thing to remember there. Just a nice little pattern to uh, take note of. Number three. Excuse me. English, with, corresponds with three uses of the ablative. So this is when, uh, as I mentioned prior, we're going to go into more uh, uses of the ablative um, and then further into the genitive as well. So these three uses are the ablative of means, which requires no preposition in Latin, um, the ablative of manner, which can use cum or no preposition whatsoever, and the ablative of accompaniment, which always uses cum. Cool. So to begin, i-stem nouns are a subcategory of third declension nouns. The difference between regular third declension and i-stem third declension nouns are relatively minor, as in most cases, just just an additional i, you know, as in i-stem. Uh, only in one form does the it, it does the um, the i displace the original third per uh, third declension third declension ending e and replace it with an i so here in the regular formation of the third declension masculine and feminine nouns so remember in the first person singular it's just kind of like mm, because it's it it, it it requires just um you know third declension nouns Their nominative singular are the not not the base but the they are a regular in uh, nature so we'll start with genitive singular so we have east I a nominative plural, as um or um ibus es, ibus. Now that was the regular third declension. Is i es um ibus es, ibus. Again, same. Is i ma ium ibus as ibus for the i stem. Now look at the i stem variant of those same endings. Or think about it if you're not looking at the book or anything like that. Um, There's one difference. In the genitive plural, the ending is I U M, not um. O. That's the sum total difference between the regular third declension, masculine, feminine, I stem nouns. So all you got is uh, they throw an I uh, in front of U M in the genitive plural, and that's the only difference. So um, that's pretty cush. The only challenging part uh, about this is figuring out which masculine and feminine third declension nouns are I-STEM. Those break down into two categories. So remember we talked about the monosyllabic and the parasyllabic. So number one is parasyllabic nouns in which the nominative singular ends in is or a's and the genitive singular has the same number of syllables as the nominative For example, kiwis, kiwis, or molés molés. Those are just a few, or a couple, rather. Number two, uh, the other category is called monosyllabic. Syllabic. And, you know, here I am with... I was talking to my parents last night about this and how... Because apparently, when I... You know, being home, we're, we're all just, you know, doing the whole like family dinners every night and stuff like that. So we were talking about uh first words and stuff, and uh your boy, didn't, like, sp- spoke like a dummy. My first word was flower, but I said flower and pointed to it. And so uh, I, I really attribute to my parents for ingraining this uh, whole like lithby thing that I, I used to have that I had to like correct, and now. Now I kind of just make my S's more s as I like to say. Um, but, but yeah, that was my first word. If anybody wanted to know, with thower, which meant flower in, uh, infant lamb language, uh, and I also said butterfly, um, and that just sounds stupid, but I guess as a little kid, butterfly kind of sounds kind of cute, but if I were to say butterfly now, in regards to a butterfly, um... probably wouldn't want to associate with me. I don't know. So, the other category is monosyllabic. Here, the non-rative singular has one base, has one syllable, and the base endings in two consonants. So, example, we have mon's montis, which means mountain. We have ar's artis, which means art. So, if a noun in their declension and the nominative and genitive have the same number of syllables, and the nominative singular ends in eas or a's, or the nominative has one syllable and the base ends with two consonants, the genitive plural will be i-u-m, not um. Neuter nouns exhibit a little bit more um, of differences. So, here, um, I'm going to chart it out for you guys. Hopefully, maybe... uh, book in reference or a picture of the neuter uh, third declension and the neuter i-stem stem third third declension so you have a little basis of comparison as I go through um, the the nominative singular is always irregular as well as the accusative singular in the neuter uh, third declension so it would be in the genitive singular the east irregular form a and then in the plural nominative a ah, um ibus a ah, ibus. So in the neuter, all of the same except for in the ablative we have an I instead of an E, and then in the plural there a little bit more. So I'll say the plural. Plural nominative ia um ibus ia ibus. So instead of A ah, and A, ah, they put an I A or an I in front of the A in the nominative plural on the accusative plural. Uh, but ebus remains the same and let me tell you uh accusative or uh, rather dative and ablative plural will always be the same that's just a very common theme within latin which is nice kind of wish there were more common themes like that but um you can't have your cake and eat it too i guess You can see that not only in the genitive plural um, it changed to I-E-O-M, but uh, there is an I replacing that E in the ablative singular as I mentioned prior, and the nominative accusative plurals are I-A instead of A, but identifying third declension I-STEM neuter nouns is much easier than masculine and feminine ones. Um, There are three nominative singular endings which identify whether a third declension noun is I-STEM or not. If the nominative singular ends in one, an E, two, an A-L, or three, an A-R, then the neuter noun is I-stem. It's very simple. It's very simple. So E, A-L, or A-R, right? A, all, or R. So, for example, Mar Maris, which is spelled M-A-R-E, the Latin word for sea, like maritime or marine or something like that, is I stem, meaning it, that its ablative singular will be mari, M A R I. Its neuter nominative and accusative plural will be maria, and its genitive plural will be marium. Now I'm giving you these uh, tips in order to help identify when translating, but as you continue moving further and further into Latin, you're just gonna start, the more you look up these words, the more they've just kind of become ingrained. It's kind of that repetitious thing. So you'll start to just kind of identify and be able to pick up which are in I-stem and which are not. But for now, let's use our logical deductive reasoning and uh, logical guessing. To figure those out. So there is one third declension stem noun worth taking a special look at though. Um, and this is WIS So it's WIS, W-I-S, W-I-S, which is feminine. And this means force, power, or violence. It's irregular in as much as it's accusative singular is I-M producing whim, W-I-M. And it's ablative singular is we, w. I'm sorry, it's not W, it's V. I'm getting it all compute, confused. Weis is V-I-S, Wim V-I-M, we, V-I. A form which shows up often in classical Latin meaning through force of violence. The genitive singular weis and dative singular we, remember V-I, are attested si- seldom. Uh, but the plural uses a different base. Not V, but V-I-R. Producing weres, wirium. Remember, it's I-stem. Wiribus, wires, wiribus. So, just a note though, be careful not to confuse this third declension I-stem, noun wees, and especially it's plural wires with the second declension ma- noun wir, meaning man. A lot of people do this, I've seen it before, that's why I note it. So please note, There are no overlapping forms, but a few of them are close to the same. Wirium, of strength, the genitive plural of weis, looks a lot like wirum, the accusative singular of weir, meaning man. Also, wires, the nominative and accusative plural of weis, look a great deal like wiros or wiris, the accusative plural and dative and ablative plural of weir. So, we are going to take a short little break, as I mentioned, and with a quick interjection from our sponsor here, Anchor, um, the easiest way to make a podcast. So, here we go. with all that being done, let's turn our attention to ablatives. So the first of them is the ablative of means, which uses no preposition and shows the tool or instrument used to perform some action. So for instance, with a sword, with a rake, with his hands. Here are some examples in Latin. We have labore, which means by means of work or with labor. Armis, literally meaning uh, by means of arms or with weapons. And then via. V-I-A, meaning by means of the road, that is, by using the path. Notice all in all three instances, Latin does not use a preposition equivalent to English with. Typically in the past, we've learned to identify an adjective by indicating whether it is situated within a prepositional phrase, by indicating the preposition it is the object of. Thing to remember here, a noun used in the ablative means is always an instrument or vehicle of some kind. A sword, a pen, a ship, a horse, um, you know, that kind of stuff, the tangible things. Um so the second use of the ablative is the ablative of a manner, which most often uses the preposition cum, which means uh if you guys don't remember, with. It shows how something happened so an example would be with honor with speed with clarity with humor the prepositional phrase being equivalent to basically an adverb i would say yeah an adverb so example cum ratione meaning with reason or uh, we could also say reasonably uh, with sapientia which means with wisdom Am I saying with sapientia? Cum sapientia. Um, that is wisely. And then cum animis, meaning with courage. Uh, that is courageously or bravely. So the ablative manner in its simple form uses the preposition cum, which is nice because we can always identify it because we see that cum and then after that we're going to be expecting some sort of ablative cased uh, noun. If the object of cum has no adjective attached to it, um, that is, uh, it's going to be a simple form within the ablative manner. Um, if there is an adjective, cum can be omitted. So with the ablative manner, if it would be, if it was like by uh, or cum uh, 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 bonis animis or something like that. Uh, it would be with good courage. We could admit uh, omit that cum if we wanted to. So magna cum libertate with great freedom. Uh, the cum could be omitted. So we could just say magna libertate. Um, and the phrase would mean the same thing, but only if magna or another adjective is present. So that's a cute thing to note. Uh, if not, the cum is required. So if it's only like with with wisdom or with reason or with... Speed or with vitality or something like that, you know. Uh, then, kum has to be there. Notice also that the ablative manner is equivalent to the uh, to an adverb, as I mentioned. Slash, kind of figured out as I went. Uh, so this could be loosely translated very freely. Uh, so, uh, another example of the ablative manner of cum magna laude or magna laude, meaning with great praise, uh, it also has an adverbial sense, so I could say very admirably. But that's kind of a tongue twister for your boy, so I'm not going to say that. Another key thing to remember about this ablative of manner a noun used as an ablative of manner almost has to be abstract, such as goodness. Uh, What else did I say? Speed, strength, vitality, clarity, emphasis, wisdom, ration, reason rather. Okay, so third, we have the ablative of accompaniment, which must always have kum. It shows who also participated in some activity. Thus, it is best translated in English as along or together with. Here are three Latin examples of the ablative of accompaniment. So, number one, we have cum puelis, meaning together with the girls. Cum cicerone, with Cicero or cicero, uh, as uh, we know is the right way to pronounce Cicero. Uh, cum isto malo with that bad man you remember east day has that um, that interrogative sense or the demonstrative sense of um you know that that ger man so there's some sort of negative quality attached to it and i would say a bad man has a negative quality to it so as we uh as i'll note uh reviewing those sentences Kum is present within all of them. Besides their formation, it's often easy to tell the difference between these three uses of the ablative by looking at the type of noun used as the object of kum, if there's kum. So, uh, one last key thing to remember about the ablative of accompaniment it's used almost always uh, as a person or personage of some sort. So, a friend, an army, gods. Or anything personified. So, with that being said, that closes out our lesson in Latin in layman's for today. Thank you again, everybody, very much. Just a quick reminder, if you got this far, you enjoyed the podcast, learned something new, I urge you to go to Apple Podcasts, uh, download it on your phone if you don't have it, so, You know, type in Latin and layman, scroll down to the bottom, hit that five-star review. I would be ever so grateful. Uh, you know, I'm trying to help this algorithm in my favor, and uh, from what I've read, that is a good way to do so um with that being said i will catch you guys next time tempestus to skederee <laughs>